You know, if you ask somebody how they're doing, hey, how's it, go- how's it going, there's a good chance their response will be something like this. I'm good, just busy. Good, just busy. Hey, how's it going? How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm just, just busy. Have you ever heard somebody say that before when you, you've asked them how they're doing? How many of you have ever replied, hey, I'm good, I'm just busy? You know, I think most of us in here would describe our lives as pretty busy. Like, I know you guys have a lot going on in your lives. You spend all day at school. You come home from school and you've got homework to do. You've got tests to study for. You've got projects to get done. You've got chores around the house from your parents. A lot of you, you have practice to get to. Some of you have a part-time job that you go to. There's just a lot that you have on your plate. And then there's other things, things like, you know, hanging out with your friends or going to a football game or a basketball game, watching your favorite show on TV, going to church. Like it's this nonstop, constant action where you're always moving from one activity to the next, one calendar event to the next calendar event. It's just nonstop cycle of activity and responsibilities. You know, we often think, you know, one day, one day I'll be less busy. One day things will slow down and I won't have so much going on in my life. Like once I get out of this sports season that I'm in and I don't have practice every day after school, well, then I'll have some more free time. Or, you know, once this class ends and I don't have so much homework, then I won't be so busy. Or once I finally graduate high school, get done with school, then I won't be so busy. Then I'll have some more time. But here's what we find. No matter our stage of life, we always seem to be busy. Like when I was in high school, I felt like I was really busy. Had a couple AP classes, had a part-time job, had clubs, had church, had friends. Like I felt like I was pretty busy. And then I went to college and was taking harder classes and working more hours and volunteering at church. And then I was like, man, now I'm busy. This is what busy feels like. And then I got married and started a full-time job, and it was a new level of busy. And then we had a baby, and it was a new level of busy. And being busy almost just becomes this way of life. And maybe you find yourself, you're caught in this constant cycle of busy. Like there's more to do than there is time in the day. There's more to get done than there is room on the calendar. And you're not even sure where your time goes. Like you, you, you finish the day, you lay down, and you're like, where did the time go? What did I even do today? All you know is you don't have enough time. There isn't enough time to do everything you feel like you need to do. But is this really what God intended for us? Is this really how God wants us to live our lives? In this constant state of busy where we're going from one activity to the next, where we have no free time, where we have no margin in our schedules. Like, isn't there a better way to live? Isn't there a better way for us to spend our time? You see, time is a fixed resource, meaning that each and every one of us, we all have the same amount of time in the day. We all have 24 hours. Doesn't matter who you are, how wealthy you are, how successful, how smart you are, you can't buy more time. You can't make more time. You can't save your time. Time is a limited and fixed resource. And the only thing that you're able to do with your time is spend it. That is the only option, to spend 
your time. And you see, the way that we choose to spend our time, it reveals what's truly important to us. It reveals what our values are, what our priorities are. Like we can say all day long that something is important to us. We can say that we value something, that that something is a priority. But if we don't actually spend any time on it, is it really a priority? Do we really care about it? You see, ultimately, the way we spend our time, it reveals what matters most to us. But here's what I want us to think about tonight. Does God have anything to say about how we should spend our time? Does God have anything to say about how you should spend your time as a high school student, as a middle school student, as a college student, as an adult? What does God have to say about how we should spend our time? In the book of Ephesians, the apostle Paul writes about this very idea. And in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul begins by talking about how when we, before we came to know Jesus, before we trusted in Jesus, we spent our lives in darkness. Now, it wasn't a literal darkness. He's talking about a spiritual darkness, that we were wandering around, that we were lost in the spiritual darkness. But when we came to know Jesus, when we trust in Jesus, he brings us into the light. And now we walk in the light. And because we walk in the light as Jesus followers, we're supposed to live our lives differently. In Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 15, Paul says this. He says to pay careful attention to how you walk. Some translations say to how you live. Not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of the time. That's kind of the key phrase we're going to look at tonight. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. For the next few minutes, what I want to do is I want to unpack what Paul is saying here. To see what God has to say to us about how we should spend our time. And then we're going to look at just some, some very practical ways that you can implement this in your life. Some practical ways that you can spend your time in a way that honors God. So if you look back at verse 15, notice what Paul says. Paul says to pay careful attention to how we walk, meaning to to pay attention to how we live our lives, to pay attention to to what we're doing, to, to why we're doing it, paying attention to how do we spend our days, how do we spend our hours. Don't just go through life on autopilot. Don't just drift through your days not really knowing what you're doing or why you're doing. He's saying pay attention to what you're actually doing. Pay attention to how you're living your life. And then he says, don't live as unwise people, but instead live as wise people. Not as unwise, but as wise. And this is such an important concept for you to understand. Because too often, we think of life as a series of right and wrong, good and bad, sinful and not sinful. And so often as as Christians, our goal simply becomes to not sin, to not do something bad, to not mess up, to not do the wrong thing. Like that's our goal. Just don't mess up. Don't do something bad. But you see, Paul, he's raising the bar so much higher for us as Jesus followers. He's saying, look, the the Christian life is not just about right and wrong, good and bad, sinful and, and not sinful. He's saying the Christian life is really about wise and unwise. The Christian life is about living life with wisdom. 
Meaning that we aren't just trying to avoid bad things and, and do good things. Instead, we're striving to live our lives with wisdom. We're not just seeking out a good thing, we're seeking out the best thing. It's like when we're faced with a decision, when we're trying to decide whether or not to do something, we're not asking ourselves, can I do this? Am I allowed to do this? Is this okay for me to do? What we're asking is, is this a wise thing to do? Is this the best thing for me to do? Not is this okay, not is this good, is this wise? Is this the best thing? And one of the areas where this is most important is when it comes to how you spend your time. You see, how you choose to spend your time is a matter of wisdom. It's not necessarily a matter of right or wrong or sinful or not sinful. It's really a matter of wisdom. And what Paul is telling us here is to pay careful attention to how we live. He says to make the most of the time. Make the most of the time. And the literal translation for that means to, to buy back our time, to redeem it, to take this season of life that we're in, whether you're middle school, high school, college, an adult, to take this season of life that you're in and use it to its greatest potential. He says we are to buy it back, we're to redeem it, we're to make the most of it. And this challenge to make the most of the time, it ought to change, it ought to impact how we choose to spend our time. It should impact how we structure our days. It should impact how we spend our hours. Like when we're deciding whether or not to do something, whether or not to spend our time on something, we're not asking, can I do this? Do I have time for this? Is there room on my calendar for this? The better questions to ask are, should I do this? Like, is this a wise use of my time? Is this the best way for me to spend my time? Let me give some examples of this. And I'll equally step on everybody's toes here. Should I spend my weekend binge-watching Netflix? Should I spend my weekend binge-watching Netflix? I don't know what show you want to watch. I know you all like that dumb Outer Banks show. What show do you like watching? Okay, you don't watch that. Give me a show. Riverdale, somebody say Riverdale. Yeah, help me out. Give me a show. Cobra Kai. Is that the karate show? Okay. So here's, here's the question. Middle school boys, thank you for your input. Here's the question. Should I spend my weekend binge watching Cobra Kai? Okay, hold on. Can you do that? Yes. Is it wrong? Not necessarily. Is it sinful? No. Is it the best use of your time? Probably not. Here's another one. Should I spend multiple hours a day on social media? Can you? Sure. Is it wrong or sinful? Probably not. Is it wise? I don't know. Here's another one. Should I stay up super late playing Fortnite with John Gibbons? Can you? Sure. Is it bad? I don't know. Should you? Last one. Should I sleep until 3 p.m. on Saturday? 
Can you do that? Sure. Is it sinful? No. Is it a wise use of your time? Uh, I would probably debate that. Maybe not. But students, students, look up here, look up here. Here, here's, the, here's the filter, and you, you, you have to answer these questions for yourself. I'm not, I'm not telling you. But when you're trying to decide, should I spend my time on this, the filter you're using is not can I, is it wrong, is it bad, but is it wise? Is this the best use of my time? So as followers of Jesus... How do we redeem our time like Paul is talking about? How do we spend our time in a wise way, in a way that honors God? Before we wrap up tonight, what I want to do is I want to give you three things that I believe that you should prioritize in your life as a Jesus follower. Three things that should go on your calendar before anything else. And these are things that you commit to. You commit to doing these things regardless of how busy you get or regardless of what you have going on in your life. Three wise ways to spend your time. The first one is this, is time with God. Time with God. I'm talking about daily personal time spent with God. Where you get alone with God and spend time in prayer and spend time in scripture. And I would argue that this is the best possible way, this is the greatest way that you can use your time. Because this will impact every other part of your life. Like everything else in your life will flow out of your time spent with God. Now I think most of us in here, we would say, we would give the right church answer that spending time with God is important. That we should spend time with God on a daily basis. I think most of us in here would be in agreement on that. But if you're anything like me, that doesn't always happen. You know, it's easy to slip into, you know what, I'm just, I'm just too busy. I don't have enough t- time. I have too much going on. I'm just too tired. And before we realize it, other things quickly become the priority. Other things quickly become more important than us spending time with God each and every day. But in the Gospel of Mark... We have a record of Jesus' first full day of ministry, his first full day of public ministry. And it was an incredibly busy day. Like it began first thing in the morning as soon as the sun came up, and it went late into the evening. Like we're talking like a 16-hour work day. It was a long day. Jesus was busy. He was tired. He was exhausted. He was worn out at the end of this day. But look what Jesus did the very next day. And Mark 1.35 says this. Very early in the morning, this is the next day, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place. He went and he was alone. And there he was praying. Notice this. Jesus, the Son of God, who's perfect, sinless, walking around with superpowers, he's God in flesh, still prioritized time with God. No one, Luke. Still prioritize time with God each and every day. He put time with God very first in his schedule. Before all the other responsibilities, before all the busyness came and ate up his time, he put this on his calendar. Because here's why. Jesus knew that his effectiveness in ministry, his effectiveness doing what God had called him to do, was directly impacted by his time spent with God. Now, if Jesus, 
the Son of God, God in flesh, prioritize spending time with God, how much more do you think we need to spend time with God? You see, students, your effectiveness in every single aspect of your life is impacted by your time spent with God. It's also impacted by your lack of time spent with God. Your time with God impacts every area of your life. And you are simply too busy and you have too much going on to not spend time with God. It's so crucial, it's so critical that you carve out time each and every day to get alone with God, to connect with him, to hear from him. You just have too much going on in your life to not spend time with God, to let it impact all the other areas of your life. And here's the thing. I'm not legalistic about when you do this. Like if doing your, your quiet time, spending time with God late at night works for you, go for it. If it's in the middle of the day at lunch, go for it. There, there, there's no right thing or wrong thing. But I do believe there, there's something to be said about spending time with God first in the morning. Before all of your other responsibilities, before all the busyness in life sets in, to wake up, to get alone with God, to carve out that time and to center your heart, to center your mind, to get your perspective right for the day. And here's what I think you'll find. When you give God the first moments of your day, when you honor God with, with that time, God seems to have a way of actually multiplying your time. Like you're able to get more done in less time. Now, I don't have a, an exact Bible verse that says this. I don't have a math equation that explains how this works. But I've found this to be true in my life. When I honor God with the first moments of my day, I'm able to accomplish more in the day than I would have if I had not spent time with God. He almost multiplies my efforts. He multiplies my time. Let me give you an example of this in my life. I start working on my, my messages for Wednesday night, typically on Monday. I'll spend most of Monday writing my message. Tuesday, I'll do some tweaks. But then I get up on Wednesday morning, and I try to memorize my message for Wednesday night. And my goal is to have it done by lunchtime. I'll start around like 8 o'clock, and by about lunchtime, I've kind of got it locked in, got it memorized. There are some Wednesdays where the message that I'm giving that night I'm, I'm a little behind on or I don't feel great about. And here's what I'm tempted to do. I'm tempted to wake up first thing in the morning and, catch this, skip spending time with God to go work on a message that I'm doing for God. And I'm like, God, I don't have time to spend with you this morning because I'm busy trying to do stuff for you. And the days where I take that approach, I try to save myself 30 minutes, I'm not nearly as effective. I don't feel that, 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 that God is really working in it in the same way. But the Wednesdays where I wake up and I'm like, man, I need to start on this. Like, I, I'm behind on this. But I remind myself, you know what, I need to carve out that time with God. When I put him first, even though it takes up time, God somehow supernaturally multiplies my time. He multiplies my effort. I accomplish more. I'm more effective than I would have been if I had tried to save 30 minutes by not spending time with God. Listen, students, when you honor God with the first moments of your day, I believe that God honors that. I believe that God blesses that. 
But whether you do it in the morning, at lunch, at night, I want to to challenge you. I want to encourage you this year to make time with God each and every day a priority. That it would be the most important part of your day. That you wouldn't see it as something, man, I have to do this. This is an obligation. This is a chore. But it's something that you get to do. You get to spend time with your heavenly father each and every day. Prioritizing time with God. The second thing is this, is time with believers. Time with other believers. See, if we aren't careful, church can become a secondary optional thing for us. We kind of approach it like, man, if I have time, I'll I'll try to go this week. Or if I've got nothing else going on, maybe I'll try to, to make it to church. But what if church was the first thing on your calendar? What if you predecided? What if you made the decision that you predecided, I am going to be at church each and every week. I'm going to be at church as often as I can. Like regardless of how busy I am, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, those are just blocked off on the calendar. I don't plan other things during those times. If I have to, to study, if I have projects for school, I'm going to get those done ahead of time. Like those times are set aside for church. I'm pre-deciding. I'm going to be there. I'm going to, to make it a priority each week. Now look, I recognize that we can't all be here each and every week. That there's times where your sports season has games on Wednesday nights and, and, and you can't make it. For some of you, you have a part-time job and you get scheduled on Wednesday night, you can't make it. You've got a big test on Thursday morning, you're behind and you can't make it. Listen, the expectation is not for you to be here each and every week, okay? Like we're not giving out perfect attendance trophies at the end of the year saying, congratulations, you didn't miss a single Wednesday night. Like this is my job. I get paid to do this, and I miss Sundays, and I miss Wednesdays, okay? Like, you do not have to be here every Sunday, every Wednesday, but I believe it's so important for you to make church a priority. Listen to what the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews 10. He says, and let us consider one another. Let's think about one another in order to provoke, to encourage love and good works. Then he says this, not neglecting to gather together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, this was like the, the, the original church. church. Church was just starting, and they already had people dropping out. They already had people missing months at a time, finding their way back in on a Sunday every once in a while. Listen, this has been a problem for 2,000 years. But church is so crucial for your faith. Why is church so important? Listen, church, whether Sunday morning, Wednesday night, is a place where you come each week and you're going to be challenged and encouraged to grow in your faith. You're going to hear God's word taught every time you're here. You're going to have small groups with leaders who love you and are investing in your life. You're going to be challenged and encouraged to grow in your faith. Church is a place where you can deepen your relationships with other Christians. Christians who are your age, Adults, college leaders, adults who are investing in your life, who can serve as mentors. Mentors, church is a place where you can be surrounded by people with similar values and similar beliefs. Church is a place where you can come each and every week. And regardless of what's going on in your life, regardless of how jacked up home is or school is, you can come here 
and worship God and forget about those things that are going on, to carve out that time each and every week. Listen, you're not going to be able to grow in your faith without other believers. God did not design you to follow Jesus all by yourself without the help of other believers, without the help of the the church. I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to make the decision, to make the commitment, to gather with other Christians, to gather with the church each and every week. We're going to prioritize time with God, time with believers, and finally, number three, time serving others. Time serving others. Now, I don't know about you, but most of my time is spent thinking about myself. Like, I'm a pretty selfish person. Like, most of my thoughts are about how I'm feeling, what's on my calendar, what I have to do, my agenda. Like, my default setting is not, hey, let me think about other people. Let me think about how I can help other people. Like, my calendar doesn't naturally fill up with things that are focused on other people. But you see, as Jesus followers, we have been called to live a life that's not focused on ourselves, but it's focused on other people. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 2. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others. Think about others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. What if we chose to make other people more of a priority this year? To see other people as more important than ourselves. To lay aside our preferences and our priorities for the benefit of somebody else. And what if our calendars, what if the way we spent our time actually reflected that? Like, what if we looked for ways each and every day to serve somebody else and not just focus on ourselves? What would this look like for you? Maybe this looks like helping your parents out at the house without them actually having to ask you to do something. Or helping out at the house doing something that you're not even responsible for. Maybe this looks like being an encouragement to your teachers at school. Like, I know your teacher's having a tough year dealing with all the COVID stuff. They've got kids in class who are disrespectful and difficult. What if you said, you know what, I'm going to to serve my teacher. I'm going to look out for her interests by being an encouragement to them, by being kind, by being appreciative to them. Maybe this looks like you reaching out to a friend that you know is, is going through something really tough right now. Maybe it's a family situation. Maybe they're just walking through a a difficult time emotionally and you you send them a text or you hang out with them, you call them, you reach out to them. Maybe this looks like reaching out to, to that kid at church or at school that you always see they're sitting by themselves, they're not really included, they're not really connected, and you reach out, you extend your hand and say, hey, why don't you come sit with me? Why don't you come hang out with us? But whatever it is, you're making a plan each day to spend a portion of your time not on yourself, but on other people. You're intentionally looking for ways to be a blessing to those around you. Your time isn't just about you and your needs. Your time is about other people. You're making other people more of a priority in your schedule. 
time with God, time with believers, and time serving others. So as we wrap up and the band makes their way up here, here's the question I just want you to, to think about tonight. How are you going to spend your time this year? How are you going to spend the months, the weeks, the days, and the hours that God has entrusted you with? Can I encourage you, can I challenge you to make the most of your time this year? To not just get caught up in the constant cycle of busyness where you just drift through your days thinking about yourself, not really having a plan, not focused on God, not focused on others. But instead, you choose to redeem the time, to make the most of the time, to be wise with your time, and to use your time to honor God and to be a blessing to others. Will you join with me as we pray? God, as we begin this new year, God, we thank you that you've given us time, that you've given us another year, another month, another day to be alive. God, I pray that we wouldn't take that for granted. God, I pray that we wouldn't waste our time, that we wouldn't use our time just focusing on ourselves and our own desires. But God, just as the Apostle Paul said, that we would make the most of the time, that we would redeem this time that you've entrusted us, us with, that we would be good stewards of it. God, I pray for the students in here, that they would make you a priority each day, that they would carve out time to get alone with you, to, to spend time in prayer, to spend time in your word, hearing from you, connecting with you. God, I pray that they would make a decision to, to make church a priority this year. That each week they would make that commitment to come and to, to worship, to gather with other believers, to grow in their faith, to serve those around them. And God, this year I pray that we would spend less of our time on ourselves. And God, we would look intentionally for ways to spend our time being a blessing to those around us that we wanna just drift through our days unaware of the people that you've placed in our life, that you've called us to love and to serve. God, we thank you that you stepped out of heaven, that you came and you loved us and you served us, and that you've given us this gift of life, you've given us this gift of time. And our prayer, God, is that we would honor you with it. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray.